You know, God really has impressed on me that, that we are living in a, a, a day right now um, that we, we are actually the hope for this time right now. Um, and, and there's a tendency for, for us to confine our spirituality to the walls of the church and to, uh, to I mean, you know, you, you can with, uh, you can have strong beliefs, but for them to not really be felt anywhere else. And uh, I'm saying, God, how can you help us to, to not let this opportunity pass us by that we're in right now? Um, this, this, this world that we're in right now kind of looks like it's getting to the end. You know, and uh, for those who know, have their hope in the right place, it's, it's not going to be a problem. Um, but also, we're not just supposed to go into hiding. We're supposed to be effective. We're supposed to know uh, what we believe in and to stand up for some things. And uh, so, you know, we, we started talking about this a little bit last week. Uh, did God really say? And the, the diminishing of the inclusion of God in the, in the discussion of what goes on in a nation and in a world is a, is a, de, is a departure and a direct path towards destruction. Uh, it's been proven over and over again throughout history that as soon as God is taken out of the equation, you can come up with another way of doing things yourself, but it just never works. It doesn't work. It's because there, there's some realities that you cannot, you cannot just say something is different and it be different. So I was thinking about it this way, because um, I, I do want to address something specifically with regard to this, and I, I encourage you, um, <laughs> if, if you want to follow along, we do have a church app that does have the notes that I had ready to put up on the screen, so you're welcome to, to check those out if you would like, it's in the church app, and I also have this nice little article that I wrote at the beginning of that that, that you can kind of peruse also. And at the end of it, there's something you can, uh, there's an overview, some bullet points, just what we're going to look at here today. There's a prayer that you can pray, and then there's some action steps that we can take. You know, uh, how how futile it would be to be in the presence of a master and not be affected by them when you leave. And how are you going to know if you're affected? It's by if you... This is something I learned when I went to college. If something uh, was worthwhile, if I really wanted to get a good grade in the class, I can't just depend on what I'm getting right at the moment. I'm going to have to be able to, to go back and do something with it later, um, or else it'll, it'll just pass right on through. <laughs> it's not going to remain. It's not going to make any effect at all. Uh, so, so anyway, I, I've made this available for us um, so that you can, you can uh, go back and check some of this out. This Man, what we're going to look at today is definitely not confined to what I have here. It's, it's just, man, we're just touching on it. We're really limited in our time together. I know sometimes you think, man, this guy's, this like guy is, is long-winded. It's already time to eat, and he's still going on and on. But, uh, you know, it's really a short period of time when you put it into the context of the, the whole week and how much we, we are, are able to be affected by things. Um, you know, I've, I've been in training programs. I was in a training po- program for some sales stuff, you know. It's amazing. You can go all day long sitting through these silly training things, you know, and two hours will go by in one session. And if it's important to you, you, you will get something out of it, right? You'll, you'll avail yourself to it because it's, it's worthwhile. So um, 
I'm not going to do that to you today, but but we are limited, and, and I encourage you, uh, you, you know, there, there's a group of people in the Bible, they were called the Bereans, and, and they, they would hear something, and, and they, they weren't challenging it, but they would go back and they would prove it out, and they'd walk it out more. This morning, If you're in the presence of the Lord, it's fullness of joy, so you're going to look like it if you're in his presence, right? It's going to change your countenance. The other things you're going through will get to be small if you're in the presence of God. Um, and, and that's the way it is in, in his truths also. Um, you know, there, there's, uh, so, so what we're going to look at today, I'm going to expound a little bit more on, on what we talked about last week. But if God said some things, um, as soon as there, are, there is a questioning if he really said that, as soon as there's a, a diversion or, or a departure from complete belief, there's an ability to doubt everything he says. So we, we, can't be, we can't be open to these kind of considerations. And so I was thinking about it this way, because I, anybody take geometry? Anybody like geometry? I actually liked geometry. It was like a puzzle. It was, it was like this amazing puzzle that starts off with what? It starts off, what's the first thing that you learn in geometry? Even before that, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line, right? So I was looking that up on, on, on Google. Thank goodness for Google. Um, but, uh, and it's, you know, and then, and then you get into some physicist thinks he's going to disprove that too in certain circumstances, you know, and it's, there's the bending of light or something. I don't know. But, but what, what, what's cool about geometry is, is it's, a, it's a continual succession of theorems and, and proofs and 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 um, and I remember, and maybe you can identify with this, but sometimes you're looking at that and you say, I can just look at it and tell you that's, that's the way it is. But that doesn't solve the problem. You got to go back to previously defined truths that you've proven in the past. And, you, and then anything that you, you come up with later on, that gets more and more complicated, right? It's like a... A succession of complicated, you know, um, formulas and stuff, right? And it, it was kind of fun, you know, because you can actually prove. But sometimes, you, and you have to say, okay, and, and how do you do it in geometry? You go back and you say, what do I already know? You always have to go back to what you has already been proven, right? Because if you want to just, you know, go right past that to, Obviously, that's the way it is. That just doesn't work. Because it has to be based on something that's already been established as truth. In fact, as soon as you start doing that, things are start, going to start to crumble. <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to fail. I, I, you know, I don't, I'm not into architecture that much. I know Buddy, Buddy's more so, you know, he's into, he's, he's, did you know Buddy's an engineer? You wonder why you're so impressed when he begins to expound upon things. Well, he's an engineer. You know, that's what. What? Oh, right. Her dad was an architect. Um, but, you know, uh, you take this to, to more and more levels. The way math is, you can't just come. You can't just say, you know what? I would really like for two plus two to equal five today. In fact, I am above those constraints of the past. Those things are ignorant. And because they're so ignorant, I'm just going to progress past them. 
And I'm going to say that two plus two is five. And you can say it all day long, and you can, and you can get out, and you can preach it. You can say it with a lot of dr- dr- drama, and you can really be, you know, convincing, and you can get, do your posts about it and everything else, but it's based upon something that is a fault, isn't it? Right? <laughs> so, I'm just going to go back a little bit, because I don't know if anybody wasn't here last week, but I'm going to go back a little bit and just kind of go over what we saw last week, because this was the basis for the loss of life in the garden, was the questioning of the validity of two plus two coming out of the mouth of God. He said, if you do this, you're going to die, right? And they did it, and they found out. What, 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 what is the lie, though? And, th- and this, is, this is the basis for the, if, if, if our society falls, it'll be because of this, not everything else. It won't be because of a foreign government. It won't be because of some other thing. It'll be because we challenged, did God really say this? Because it will go to the core of who we are as a people. What has made us strong as a nation in the past? It hasn't been our military. <laughs> It's been our families. It's been our belief. That's why what's happening right now is the challenge of all those things. And what are they challenging? It's not just an ideology. It's God. They're challenging God. Right? And it's very important that we don't just separate ourselves from the world and say, well, this is terrible. I'm afraid of what's going on in the world. No, we're supposed to, we're supposed to know what we believe, right? And we're... <laughs> And it will go to the core of who we are. It, it, should, it should affect us to where we become adamant about these things, right? So in Genesis 2, 16. So Genesis, I'll go back to there. All right. Yes. Uh, when right and wrong are partaken of apart from God, death is always the consequence. So when, when there's a determination that I can come up with something that is right and something that is wrong and i and i it's apart from what god has already established it's kind of like in in geometry if you well i can come up with a good idea too no it's just not going to work right and it was proven in the garden and the lord commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden you may freely eat but of the tree of what and this is interesting that this is the only thing that man wasn't able to partake of that this was the key that would keep him from experiencing the fullness of god's provision it was the tree of what the knowledge of good and evil you leave that in god's hands you never touch that as soon as you touch that you're going down I think it's amazing how resilient America is right now. And I believe it's because of the salt and the light that is the church. And the salt and the light of the church have to go for these other things to persist. You have to get rid of those old barriers of two plus two is equals to four if you're really going to have what you want because it looks right to you. All right? Can, can you just bear with me? I just, I'm just feeling it today. You know what I'm saying? No. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. And what is that? When, you, when, he, when you're talking about eating something, it's not just consuming something. It's actually making it part of who you are. It's, 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 it's assuming a position, right? You shall surely die. Okay. 
So then we go down just a little bit further and we see what happened. Is, and this is where the enemy comes in and this is what he's doing in our nation today. And if we're not careful, we can become passive with regard to this and we cannot, we cannot afford to do that because God has placed us in the earth to be uh, be beacons of truth to these very things. And it's not to be beacons. It, it, it's not to put us in a position to become contentious, but God loves everybody. Amen? And what the world is going to do, he's going to try to pit different people against different people. This is always his way, and it's completely anti-Christ. Jesus came for everybody, didn't he? Amen? So Genesis 3, 1, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which, which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And she went back and she told him, yeah, yeah, right? But she looked at it and she said, oh, but it looks good. It would be so wonderful. And, and, and it's, so, it's like, Eve, how could you even consider that? But this is how I'm feeling about some stuff going on right now. How could you even consider that? It's completely apart from any logic, any common sense, right? And what is it based on? What I want. And, and, and we'll look at this because what the enemy always does is he takes a victim and he points the victim out as something that has to be cared for by him, right? He always says, I'm going to show you the way to care for them. And you know what? There's only one caregiver for everybody. There's only one person that, 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 that we can leave that in his hands and we can go to him and say, because what happens is every time what the enemy does is he creates a victim. This happened in Nazi Germany. This happened in Russia. This is happening in China right now. They say, to take care of everybody, we got to squash everybody. And that's what's happening with Black Lives Matter right now. That's it's what's happening with all the gender stuff right now. You get a victim and you say, to take care of the victim, we, there's no consideration of God in it. No, we're going to take care of it. And every time it requires persecuting somebody in order for that to take place. So what it always does is it leads to death. It doesn't lead to life. Because there's only one source of life. What you're doing every time you decide one of these things is you're eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You're saying what is good and you are putting yourself in the position of God as the caregiver. And what you're doing is you're taking a path towards destruction. Are you, are you okay with me talking about this? I, I think this needs to be preached. Amen? It's necessary for right now. We cannot assume the role of good and evil. We have to go to God for that. And if it doesn't feel good, I remember those geometry problems. It's like, I just want to say that that's the way it is. Leave me alone. So I can go do something else. But as much as it hurts, you have to say, no, that's what I'm going to submit to because that's the way it is. Amen? You know, Hunter and I just... Uh, now, Michael will relate to this, and he'll probably, hopefully you won't think too badly of me, but, but whenever you're working on vehicles, they have all these wires that connect to the, like, alternators, and, and, and they have these plugs on them. I never can figure out these plugs. Um, you know, Larry and I were working on my, my Jeep, you know, putting a new 
cat converter on there. All the cats have little plugs on them. In my ignorance, I always say, well, it looks like it should do this. And so I start pushing on things. <laughs> I start pushing on things. I say, well, surely I just need to push a little harder. Surely I need to just make it do. And what happens? I break the plug. And it's not going to stay on there the way it should. Why? Because the way things look like they should be, just pushing on them harder doesn't make it work. It just breaks it. Right? Because there's, there, and, and again, thank goodness, if, if you just go look on Google, you know. Actually, I'm wanting to get away from Google altogether, but uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be. And that's, that's, a, that's another realm we could look at here, but you know what? We are being monitored all the time. Right now, we're being monitored. That's partly why I want to do this right now. <laughs> you know, it would be a shame for, for, for there to be people being put in jail for the testimony of the gospel and it not be me. You know what I mean? Why? Because I was afraid to speak something? No. I don't want to miss out on standing up for the, for the truth. Amen? <laughs> All right. Was it, somebody heard me say that. I don't <laughs> So Proverbs, and, and this is, the, this is what we, we said last week. I, I like this. The path of seams leads only to death. As, as long as you're in the realm of it seems okay. You know, uh, you know this, this is the thing that bothers me with some, some young people that I hear talking about. They, they, they try to make it like they have their own self-determined right and wrong based upon how they are. Like they're made different than everybody else. You know what I mean? Um, and it's, it's a very dangerous place to be because you don't get to have your own truth. Some things just never change. The path of seams always leads to death. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. This is why we are so privileged to have God as our God. Amen? We don't have to run around trying to come up with following this little whiner or this, that little whiner as if they know something and, and having a house that is going to fall at the first storm, right? We've been given the truth from God, amen? Every time we get into the realm of seams, and, and I just challenge us, I mean, in every, every realm of our life, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways. Acknowledge him. What does it mean to acknowledge him? To just say, well, I wonder what God's thinking today, or to take his thoughts and make them yours. Amen? So, this is, this is where we are in the world right now. We're living in a world of seams. And, it, and here's what happens in the realm of seams. Once you become, there, there's always pride associated with, with seams. Because you have to elevate yourself above somebody else if you're going to push your seam on somebody else. You have to elevate yourself and say, I know better. This happened this last year in all this pandemic nonsense that took place. There was a lot of people elevating themselves promoting theatrics 
that were not, not effective at all. Man, somebody's hearing me again. Um, but it's the truth, right? And they knew it was a false thing, the people that were promoting this stuff. They, they knew what they were doing, but they were doing it because they want to take a seam and push it on everybody else. And the enemy has wonderful ways of doing that. He uses fear. He uses victimhood. He, he uses death against us. Like, like we're going to eliminate death by wearing a mask. Sorry, you're going to die of something else. You know, <laughs> We're all going to die. Just forget about eliminating death because it, it's an inevitable thing for us, right? But where are we putting our trust? Where are we putting our, what, what, what are we actually leaning on, okay? And I know I, I'm, I'm getting into the weeds here a little bit, but I do have a, a direction I'm going here, so hang with me some more, all right? Those, there are those whose purpose is death while Jesus came to bring life. And here's where I want to talk about. I want to talk about life today, okay? I want to talk about this element, and I, I believe it's the core of everything else. It's the truth of life. And Jesus, in this statement, he says something. Sometimes we, uh, we want to just say that the, the devil comes to steal and to kill and destroy. And how does he do that? And the next statement gives it a, a direct uh, clue to how he does that. How does the enemy come to steal and kill and destroy? The opposite way that Jesus comes. Jesus comes, and what does he do? He gives us life. It's not, just, it's not just we get to breathe some air here. It's the knowledge of what life really is. He gives us a, he, from him comes any definition of life that will survive. <laughs> so, the enemy comes, how does he come to steal, kill, and destroy to challenge our understanding of life with an assumption of what seems to be right about life? And this is where the enemy kills, steals, destroys. That's what he's doing in the world right now. He's wanting to challenge us with this. He comes and he says, you know, to enjoy life, you need to partake of this substance. You know, to enjoy life, you need to have this kind of relationship. You know that thing inside of you that's, that's longing to have some fun? Well, this seems like it would be right. But you know what? God, God had a preference to that. And he said, if you choose these kind of things, not only will you not get life, but you will lose life. Right? The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. How does he do that? He challenges our understanding and belief in the fundamentals of life. Because Jesus is the only source. Jesus came to give us life and an abundant life. All right. Man, y'all are just amen. And I, I, I can't hardly hear myself talking. All right. Well, there we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I'm going to manipulate you somewhere or another. Get you. John 14, 6. So Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth and what? The life. the life. Hey, I don't care, man. If you want to be silly about it, I don't care. <laughs> so what does he say? No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, these people aren't necessarily wanting to come to the Father, but they're, want to, they're coming up with a, re, a, a way of bringing solutions to what the Father has designed from the start. 
life. Right? And Jesus said, you're not going to find it anywhere else. He said, you're only going to find it in me. You're not going to find it in what seems to be right, what feels right, what so-and-so went through, what happened 200 years ago, that we have to come up with a solution now about, about what, what seems to be right and has no basis in God. Right? Because <laughs> Jesus is the source of life. It's from him. And as soon as you disregard him what are you doing you're on a destiny of death aren't you right and this is why some of the insanity that's going on right now it's it started with a diversion from God and in, in the basis of what life is he is the way he is the truth he is the life amen so the only source of life is God. In Romans, I like this. It says, for the wages of sin is death. Now, what, 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 is the, what are the wages of sin? It, you know, there's another scripture that says that anything that's done out of faith, how, would you have, how, would you, how do you do something out of faith? You take something that God said and you disregard it and you do it anyway, right? That's what, that's what sin is. It's the disregarding of what God says about something and the, and the insistence on doing it anyway. Right? And so, this, this is just a further definition of what I'm saying here. Is that as soon as you question what God said and allow your actions to follow that questioning, Adam and Eve did this, right? As soon as that takes place, what you're doing is you're on a pathway to death. But the free gift of God is what? It's eternal life. You know, people are, here, here's the deception right now in the world is that what we're going through now is life. And we're going to see that God's perception of life is completely different than ours. It's not about now. His perception of life is timeless. That's why you cannot define its beginning and its end out of your little pedestal of two plus two equals five. Right? All you're doing is, is putting out a, a great proclamation of your utter ignorance. Right? Because God has said something else. God's perspective of life. So if we're going to consider what God says about life, you might want to go into the word and see what he does say, right? So here's what I think is really cool. Because I, I was thinking about this. You know, there's, there's such a debate about when life begins. Well, goodness gracious. <laughs> Could you have any life at all if you said none of it's worth anything while it's still in the womb and just kill everything in the womb? You wouldn't have anything at all, would you? <laughs> and you would be okay because you, you were doing something that was right, right? Yeah. Now, here's, here's what's wonderful because there is a reason why people have come up with these things, and it, it, and it is because of victims. It is because of people that are going through terrible things. And, and, and God understands that too. But to be le left out of the equation of how to resolve those problems 
is anti-Christ, and it's, it's disregarding what God says. God has a solution for everybody. And what you've done is you've come up with a solution for a victim that has been the greatest bloodshed in our nation. It's been murder. So God's perspective here. Let's look at Psalms 139. You formed my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside, and wove them all together in my mother's womb. It sounded like there was a perception of identity as a human being way before there was a breath. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it, how thoroughly you know me, Lord. When did this knowing begin? Now, it, it, it happened before conception even. This is, this is God's perspective of life. It didn't even start with conception. It started before that. You know, just don't even, just don't even go there thinking that you could come up with something better than what God has. Man, his realm is so, you know, it's, it's, how many have seen those, these UFO things going on? You know, these videos of these UFOs, it's kind of interesting, you know. Um, who knows? I mean, you, you know, we, we don't we don't really know. They're, these could be spiritual beings. They could be. But what I think is so amazing is we don't have a clue about a little dot going across the screen, and yet we can assume to define what life is. You know what I mean? <laughs> do, do you get the the lack of logic there? It's like. You know, these, these guys, these, they're, 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 they're scientists. They're just baffled by these things. And yet they can, and yet people with much less education than them stands up and, and decides what the whole world's going to do based upon that they're, again, I'll use my two plus two equals five thing. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place carefully, skillfully shaping me from nothing to something. You saw who you created me to be, and here is the amazing thing, before I became me, before I had ever seen the light of day, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. God had a plan for our fulfilled life. He said, with long life, I will satisfy you. I have the plan for it, right? And this was before we were even, it's like a, I like to say, of a, a fig Newton, of anybody's, <laughs> a figment, of anybody's imagination. It's before, <laughs> before I even met my wife, before I could have even had a thought about Hunter, God already did. And he already had a plan. And who are we? And God gets very defensive about people that decide to disrupt his plans for innocent lives. He is not happy about these things, right? Jeremiah has a very similar uh, conversation. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. This is God talking. Before you were born, before 
I formed you in your mother's womb. I knew you before that. When does life begin? Long before conception. Have you ever thought about it that way? I thought, man, that is really cool. And it doesn't stop when COVID has its way in somebody's life. <laughs> you know, we have eternal life. So we're not afraid on the beginning. We're not afraid on the end. Why? Because our standard is a different standard than the path of scenes. It's the rock of ages that will remain way beyond the assumptions of somebody that's just wanting some power. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. All right, here's Ephesians. I like this. There's new life in Christ. It's from a plan long ago from good things. So I like this part too. The new creation that we've been made to be in Christ is life also. It's a new life in Christ, right? Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good, the good things he planned for us long ago. There's a purpose for our life. And it's not to, to uh, just go along with whatever somebody else tells us is right. It has to come from him. Amen? So here's what I think is precious. So how, how do we get to this place? Because some people are victims. People have go, are going through things. People are challenged in their identities. They're, th th these are very real things. But you don't fix something by normalizing it, saying it's, it's the right way, and then punishing everybody else for not going along with that assumption, right? You don't say there's a, there's, a, there's a poor mother that's been treated wrongly. She has a baby inside of her. So now it's okay to go in and destroy that child that was planned way before she had what she called a mistake. It's not a mistake. Right? And it doesn't matter if the, 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 the origins of it. It's a, it's a precious life. Right? So, there is, there is a solution to what everybody else is trying to solve. They're looking at the geometry problem and they're saying, well, it just looks like it should work this way without going back to the theorems and the proofs that came from God that would establish it as something that would actually work. Amen? Psalm 127, 3. Children are God's love gift. They are heaven's generous reward. Children born to a young couple will one day rise to protect and provide for their parents. So this is one thing also that what the enemy does is he comes in and challenges God's way for life to come to pass. And he says, it's okay to just go live with somebody and find out if you like them. Seems like it's a good idea. You don't want to find out you don't like them later. You hate to commit to somebody that you already don't want to enjoy. Well, there's no commitment. No, no legitimate commitment if you've already partaken of the fruit. 
All right. <laughs> so God has a way for this to work. He has a way for life. Where does life begin? His design is for two people to love each other, for a man to leave his mother and father, to be joined to his wife, and for them together be a reflection of who God is. God life. This is the heart of God. Amen? But you go back and you say, did God really say that? No, he said we're supposed to love. You know, the enemy comes in and he says, we're just supposed to love and put his own definition of what love is. God is love. If you take God out of the equation, there's no love. Just because you have these little monkeys jumping around in your stomach because you get around somebody that's, that's not love. Just because you'll, your sexual drive rises when you get around a certain gender, or so, that's not love. That's just uncontrolled passions <laughs> that grace gives us an ability to say no to, to comply with God's way. Man, the weeds are rising up around me. I can see them growing. <laughs> it's the truth, though, isn't it? Amen. This is God's perspective on, on, on children on, and on families. Children born to a young couple will one day, not children conceived in a test tube to two people of the same gender. No, that, that's a departure and there's death at the end of that because it's a part, that's not life. That's not life from God. Now that precious little child that is born however he's conceived he still, God's, he still has God's heart. But to assume that you can, you can decide how life should be. Life isn't just, it's, it's not just somebody living. It's what you're doing with life. It's how you're operating in life. Right? <laughs> and you cannot bypass the one who came up with life to to decide what life is going to be. All right. You'll need to pray for me after this. Uh, happy will be the couple who has many of them. We have as many as we're going to have. <laughs> but there, but there, there's a blessing with each one. There should be joy with each one. Right? This is God's design. Now, this is the tragedy of it is that God has twisted this so much that he says to some young person that has become a victim of their own passions or somebody else's. And he's saying, for you to have your life not corrupted, not destroyed, you have to destroy another life. That's not from God, is it? No, God has a way for this, and this is, this is really uh, precious. We'll see this. Um, for your offspring will have influence and honor to prevail on your behalf. There's life after kids when you need your kids. <laughs> they could be a blessing to you, right? They should be a blessing to you. Um, it is God who cares for those who are victims of circumstances, so God has a plan to care. If we'll include him, if we'll, if we'll not disregard him, amen? 
And I like this. He's the father to the fatherless. This is the way. It should be the church that provides an answer to people. When the state and, and determinations of Supreme Courts are deciding what we can do about life, we've departed from God. Uh, this is God whose dwelling is holy. God places, and listen to this, this is his plan. He places the lonely. What would the lonely be? That would be that unborn or that uh, uh, fatherless child. That would be somebody that's all alone. You know that there's, there's places in the world where, where children are not cared for when they're born. They're just left alone. God, God wants to have a way for them to be cared for. And that becomes the reason why people do these kinds of things. They decide that life isn't worth it if it can't be what they determine to be a worthwhile life once, once it is outside the womb. If I can decide that it's not worthy, what are you doing? You're partaking of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and you'll be cast out of the presence of God. Right? Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just preaching to the choir, and y'all are just nodding your heads and everything. But, but there's a place for us to rise up in this for us to know this, right? God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. What's a prisoner? That's somebody that's caught up in a stronghold that would cause them to enter into something that, would, uh, that they would have to make those kind of choices, right? God wants to, God wants to be the solution to the problem, <laughs> not just a hammering ball to... to you know, what seems to be right. He wants to be the solution to the problem. You know, it's, it's, it's not babies that won't uh, have a life in this world if we allow them to be born. It's people that get in that predicament or they're in a situation that they would even consider that. Again, the, the amens are just overwhelming. All right. <laughs> But he makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. You might not feel like you're in a sun-scorched land right now. People in high places. But that's where you're headed. Don't determine the success of your philosophy based upon where you're setting right now. God is long-suffering. He's waiting around for you to make a right choice. Right? And this is the wonderful thing about God. He's not on sides. He's on everybody's side. He wants everybody to be restored. And this is why we cannot get that way either. You know, it's, it's not about, it's not about um, preaching damnation and destruction to the people who are involved in these kinds of things. It's them being turned. It's their hearts being turned to the love of God and the mercy of God. Amen? All right. Still love me? <laughs> All right. Shedding innocent blood among things most hated by God. This, this is out of Proverbs, and it says it. Uh, I like the Amplified Version here. It says, these six things the Lord hates. Indeed, seven. He said, and I come up with another one, right? Well, I was think, saying that. Um, are the abomination to him. A proud look. What is a proud look? I can come up with something better. Every time you're coming up with something better, you are assuming to be greater. That was, 
Eve's temptation. I can be like God. Right? A proud look, the spirit that makes one overestimate himself and underestimate others. A lying tongue and hands that do what? Shed innocent blood. A heart that manufactures wicked thoughts and plans. Feet that are swift in running to evil. A false witness who breathes out lies, even under oath. <laughs> and how much of that were we heard? And he who sows discord among the brethren. When you think about the brethren, you think about family. Think about people that should care about each other. What does the enemy want to come in and do? He wants to cause you to be at odds with somebody else. That's happening in the church. It's happening in families. Why? Because, I mean, I've, I've had people really close to us that said they could no, no longer associate with us based upon what we believe. And that's what the enemy wants to do. That's why we have to be, man, we, we have to be tenacious about this. We're holding on to this body that we're associated with. Amen? And the enemy wants to come out. He, he wants to do any little thing that would cause you to be offended by something. Right? And what he's doing is, is he's causing you to, to, to be. What I saw in, this, in these seven things is who you're associated with. Because <laughs> sometimes we can just say, well, they're, they're bad people. They're ones that, that kill people in the womb. They're, you know what? We're all bundled in together if we're not yielding to the truth of God and his love. Amen? To be a part of, of strife, division in the body, is to be right there with those that we would point our fingers at. Okay, now you don't love me anymore. I know that for sure. All right. <laughs> so, so I want to challenge us. We we have some things coming up. Uh, Charlene's really helped us with with uh, this this walk that's going to be available for us. You know, sometimes. Um, you can say, how, how can we be a part of something? And uh, I believe we need to pray. You know, this, this is uh, some of the action steps that I've got, on, you know, in the app there. And um, you can, uh, I think you can see it online also. Um, that we need to be praying about these kinds of things. Not just for other people. We need to be praying about ourselves. God, help me to see your perspective on life. Help it to be real to me. You know, uh, we we, you know, we had a precious brother just pass away recently, and some, sometimes when that happens, it, it it causes eternity to become more in the right perspective. You know, and you can start to say, well, how how would I be living today if I if I knew how much time I really have? And and you know, Pastor Kim and I were talking about this. You know, if if you if you knew you only had three months, if you only, you know, what what would you do? And and. Yeah. Um, and the reality is, if we have 20 years, we should still be living like today. You know, it, it, from God's perspective, life is timeless anyway. So every moment of the life that we have in Christ should be spent as if it's valuable. Amen? And it should be something where, where we're saying, God, show me the perspective of where, where my time here on this earth in your light of what life really is. Because for all of us, there's been an imposition of what we should be, what we should do, 
but we should associate with. And any time there's an inconsideration, is that a word? Probably not. We, we don't consider what God has to say about it. We can no longer just point our fingers elsewhere. We can point our fingers at ourselves, right? So this should be a challenge for us too. But I want to challenge us to, uh, there's an opportunity, it's on the 19th. There's a, a, a walk for life. There's people that are doing things, that are out there doing things in the legislatures. They're, they're, they're fighting. They're fighting for these things, for life. And it's from a biblical perspective like we're talking about right now. And um, so there's an opportunity to be involved in that. We have some things on the, don't we have some back there? Where are they? Oh, over here. Oh, we have a whole booth over there. Well, see, that made you look a little bit more, right? <laughs> okay. So, uh, and Charlene's going to be back there. But I thought this was, man, this, this is such a good time for this right now. For us to have God's perspective on life. And I, and I like having this understanding of, of embracing his, how much he values all of life. The victims. He's not against people. He wants to be the solution for everybody. But to depart, and for this to be such a, a I mean, our, our nation is embraced, and, and much of the church has just stood back and allowed these things to happen. Right? So I believe there's a necessity, if, if, if this is a reality, and it is a reality, that it's necessary for us to say, God, I want your revelation, first of all. We should be having this kind of uh, conversation with God in the first place. Kind of like Jeremiah and David had, you know, these passages that we read. God, I, I want to not just read a passage and have it be something that I say, well, that's a really cool thought. I want the revelation of it, you to me. I want, I want the revelation of the Spirit of God telling me of what life really is about. I tell you what, it will transform. It will transform our faith. This is connected to the basis of our faith. Life. Amen? And we don't get it just by what seems right. Sitting around talking about stuff. Amen? It has to come from the word of God. has to come by the spirit of God. And we have to be, take it to our own hearts and say, God, I'm going to spend time. Give me the revelation of it. Make it real in my life because I do not want to miss out. I don't want to disregard what you say regarding this. <laughs> Amen? Because I believe God has something for us to become active in. Prayer alone. But when you get in prayer, and, and I just encourage you in this, when you really get in prayer to God about a, a situation, he's not just going to go fix it for you. He's going to show you how to go going to show you what to do. It's going to help you to make a step. It's the steps of faith. Amen? And they come when you say, okay, it doesn't matter what seems right to me right now. It doesn't matter how, how, how hard this is going to be for me. I'm going to do what God says. Amen? So this, you said it, I believe it, becomes a lifestyle, not just a wonderful song. Amen? 
Okay, so let me read First Peter, and, and we'll we'll close. And I, I give you, an, I, I encourage you to go back there. If you don't know Charlene, she's she's one of the most amazing. She was, she was formed in her mother's womb by the hand of God as a masterpiece, and she's very precious in every way. Amen. Just like all of us are, but she's really wonderful. So, you, so go back and, and uh, t- talk to Charlene and, and be a part of what, what's going on here. It's in a couple weeks. Um, but First Peter three twelve, the eyes of the Lord watch over those who know right. Oh come on! The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. Do right, do right, do right. And and his and his ears are open to what their prayers. Sometimes when we wonder about our prayers, maybe there's not enough doing going on. Right? Because he's watching over actions. What are actions? They are faith living. Right? There is no faith without actions. There's going to be a, a doing that goes along with faith. Now, who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? So what's happening? You're, you're, you're absolving yourself of any condemnation that would cause you to be fearful. Now, there's condemnation. There's, there's threats against us. It's like if you've done something wrong, you immediately go into fear mode, don't you? Well, unless you got really good at it. And you, <laughs> you know, it's like I was ta- talking to, can I tell about your speeding thing? Talking to Michael, I said, how fast have you ever gone? You know, he starts telling me how fast. I mean, it was really fast. I won't, <laughs> I won't squeal on you too much. But he was telling me about one time when, when he, he was out on I-35 and went under an overpass with some other guys that were encouraging each other with their foots on the floor. <laughs> and he said he saw in his rearview mirror that the lights came on on the policeman. And he started down the ramp, and he saw the lights go off. He, he realized he wasn't going to catch them. <laughs> they were just going that fast. So I guess my example is sometimes if, you're, if you know how to get past them, you can get past them. But, <laughs> uh, but there, there's a, I guarantee, though, I guarantee, though, when you saw the lights come on, there was a little bit of adrenaline that, that came up. Why? Because there's this realization of wrongdoing, Right? When you start to do what God has given you in your life, when, you, when you're responding to those kinds of things, it doesn't matter the threats. And this is, what the, this is what the enemy's trying to do in our nation right now is to shut down the church based upon threats. Cancel. I'm going to cancel you. Oh, well, scare me, you know. <laughs> right? What are we going to be afraid of? And I think that's partly what this is talking to. He says, you start doing what God has given you to do. You will be able to stand up, speak, Take your place. Buddy's going to be a politician. He's let me know. Let's all vote for Buddy. Right? <laughs> really. I mean, that, that's, that's, how, that's how people do these things that are actually making a difference. They're standing up to very vicious threats. And that's, God, God doesn't just want to raise people up in Washington for that. He wants us to be able to stand up. Right? And that's why we need to talk about some of this. Did God really say this stuff? If he's really said it, the things God has said are not just, just 
just for blessing of us. Sometimes we, you know, there, there's been such a tendency for us to, oh, God said it. I believe it. Well, blessings, blessings, blessings. He's going to pour out blessings more than I can contain. Oh, yay me, yay me. That's not, that's not all God says. He says some other things too, right? That will acquire adjustments in our life to make a difference in somebody else's life. Amen? And that's, that's why we were called to the kingdom for such a time as this. To be not afraid to go into the chambers of the adversary. And, and to with confidence, with preparation, with purpose. To make a request. To make a statement that's based upon truth. That's irrefutable. And that's what I like about this. Um, but even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will re reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Isn't this good? Amen? Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. So what is the instead of? Instead of being fearful, that means as long as we're fearful, we're not worshiping the Lord as the Lord of our life. Amen? But when we stand up and we take our place, do what we're supposed to do, from, the, from a passion for knowing God, it's going to come from a, a position of worship. Don't you like this? Amen? Instead, you must worship Christ as the, the Lord of your life. Sometimes we... We think of worship as just being the song service. We're going to have the worship service, and it's just all oh, this. What's, what songs are we going to is is going to be our worship today? Well, <laughs> with regard to this, it's going to be you standing up against the threats of those that are coming against you. That becomes our worship, amen. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Don't you like that? That we need to know why we believe these things. I believe we went through this somewhat today. Why do we believe in life the way we believe in life? Just because it makes us mad that somebody would do something like that? No, it's based upon something much more foundational than that. It's more like geometry, right? It's not just because it seems wrong for me from my standpoint because I've never gone through what they've gone through. Oh, it's just terrible for you to do that. No, it's based on what God said. Amen? And the same thing is I can have an attitude towards the person that has done that. Not of condemnation, but of restoration. They need to be restored. Amen? They're the bound. They're the prisoners. They think they're doing some, something progressive. All they're doing is displaying their, their chains. 